Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. JT DeBolt here today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, and you know what that means. It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living a high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by FlyWithJT.com. That's FlyWithJT.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, and stay connected to everything we're doing in the high-altitude community. You're going to want to do that because we've got some cool stuff coming down the road in the next several weeks. You know, we're hitting the summer months here, at least in the northern hemisphere, for those of you that live here in the United States, the U.K., Canada, and so on. And this has a tendency to be a time when people hit a lull. What's interesting, though, is if you look at high performers, both in business and life, they have a tendency to have this like second gear, or, like next gear. I don't want to say second gear because they have many gears, 10, 15 gears, whatever. But what's crazy is they tend to shift into that gear and go, to the, go into the fast lane when everybody else is sort of taking their foot off the gas pedal. And it's easy to look back and think, gosh, there's something about them. You know, their DNA is wired differently. But honestly, when you take a look at it, you can really diagnose it down to about five different things. I want to talk to you today about the five ways high performers outperform everybody else. What sets them apart? And I want you to kind of listen for these and ask yourself, hmm, how much does this appeal to me or apply to me? Because my sense is, is that you're probably, if you're a high performer yourself, you go, yep, that's definitely me. I get it. I understand it. And that's how I live my life. That's how I operate on a daily basis. If that's the case, I want you to ask yourself, how can I dial it up? How can I do more of that? If, on the other hand, you're looking at this saying, ah, man, you know, for whatever reason, I'm just not applying that to my life, ask yourself why that is. Because at the end of the day, these aren't crazy things. This isn't some, like, you know, they, they spliced some robot DNA into these people to make them superhuman. These are people just like you, just like me, just like the person next door. Every single person on this planet has the capability of playing at a higher game playing their game at a higher level. And so I want to talk a little bit about this, and I want to tell you that this is coming from two places. First and foremost, well, actually, I guess technically three. The first place is a tremendous amount of respect and love for, for people. I want to see as many people perform at their maximum, but not their peak. There's a big difference between peak performance and high performance, in my mind, in the, the way I see it. Now, there might be experts in both fields that would disagree with me, but I'm just going to tell you, from my seat of expertise in the field, the way I see it is this. Peak performance is when you have to absolutely give, like, more than you realize you could give. And you hit a peak that is not sustainable. You see this sometimes when you hear about uh, a mother lifting a car off of her son that, or child that's been run over, right? Or you hear about, you know, the person who goes running into a burning building to save people, that's not a daily normal activity. Those things aren't normal. 
It's a person finding that deep well of potential and tapping into it. Now, is that to say that they couldn't find it on a daily basis? Hmm, that's a good question for another topic or a good topic for another conversation. But what I want you to think about is high performance is how we elevate our daily actions, how we elevate our daily performance to that level that looks to some people like peak performance, right? We look around and we see these people that are kind of walking around. We're going like, wow, did you see what they just did? Have you seen the results that they're knocking down this month? So on and so forth. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about elevating your game and sustaining it, not just having that peak, oh, my gosh, holy crap, adrenaline-fueled performance, but where you sustain excellence. These five things that I'm about to share with you are some of the core ingredients to high performance. And what's amazing about this is each and every single one of us can implement this into our lives. It doesn't, it's not like high, you look at some of these athletes that play professional sports or in the Olympics and think, well, you know, genetically speaking, they're a little bit different than the rest of us. Maybe, perhaps, possibly, and in some cases, absolutely. This is different. These are five things that absolutely appeal or apply to you. The question is, do they appeal to you? Are they things that you say you can look at, identify with, and say, absolutely, that's me? The first one is you'll find that they're typically very highly intelligent. Now, what's interesting about this is the minute I say that, a lot of people go, oh, pff, not me. And then a lot of people say, absolutely me. That right there is the differentiator. Now, I have to tell you, when I was growing up as a kid, I was told that I wasn't very intelligent by certain people, experts, like teachers mostly. They'd say, yeah, he's not very intelligent. They even tested me, by the way, uh, when I was, I believe I was in fourth grade, to see if I was retarded. And I'm not sure if that term's politically correct. Frankly, I don't care. I don't mean it to offend anybody, but that's, the, that's exactly what they told me. Hey, we're going to test you to see if you're retarded. They told me after the fact, though. They didn't tell me going into it. What was interesting is I took this cognitive test and this psychological test and all these things, and they found out that I was very intelligent. Now, those are their words, not mine. My point is this, is that society can put a lot of labels on us. It's up to us to decide which labels we keep and which labels we discard. I've always believed that I was highly intelligent. I've always believed that I've learned differently. And that was the reason why the next diagnosis was, oh, he has ADD. He'll never make it as a Navy pilot. He'll never get into college, let alone graduate. And that's a prerequisite to become an officer, which is a prerequisite to become a Navy pilot. So they had naturally assumed, based on one thing, that my whole future was written in stone simply because I was not a very good student. But what's interesting is intelligent people adapt. They have an amazing ability to adapt. So ask yourself, even if you don't identify with being highly intelligent, or maybe you do, do you see yourself as psychologically adaptable, meaning you can figure out ways to learn things. Are you a discoverer? Are you somebody who loves the discovery, loves to learn things? We're going to get to that in a moment. Really what I think about high intelligence is it's people that can make a decision. They can see, they can read the situation, and they can decide. That shows me that they're intelligent, and I think everybody has that ability. And if you don't right now, it's something that you can develop. If you don't say to yourself, you don't, don't if that doesn't necessarily identify with you, if you say, you know what, I'm not really very decisive, that's a decision, <laughs> literally. You have in the moment the ability to decide, I'm going to become a better decision maker. I'm going to become more decisive. And we've talked about that on this podcast before. I've talked about it quite a bit, as a matter of fact. 
I even teach it in some of my coaching courses and so on and so forth. But my point is this, is to become decisive is one of the key aspects to success. You'll see high performers outperform everybody. You'll see people sometimes with fewer resources, less talent, less skill, outperform those people that are backed by better financing, better whatever, simply because they have the capacity to make better, quicker decisions. If you're slow to decide, that's something to definitely start working on right now. The other thing about high intelligence, when we really talk about it in, res in respect to high performers, is, is the ability to problem solve and to think outside the box and to be creative. Believe it or not, that's a better sign of intelligence than just your IQ. We're talking about a well-rounded intelligence, the ability to create solutions out of thin air, to be able to look at something and come up with the way to solve the Rubik's Cube in a few twists where it takes everybody a few months to come up with that solution. So high intelligence is something. Now the next thing that high performers have that, that, they, that they use to outperform is they refuse to quit. And this may seem like kind of a no-brainer, but how many times have we seen people get intimidated by a challenge or a setback? They go, oh, man, that looks daunting. Just looking at Mount Everest is too much. I'll stay here. The interesting thing about high performers is they actually seek out challenge. One thing that I look for when I'm seeking out a team member to either hire for my team or to be a part of what I do is somebody who loves a good challenge, but not somebody who's trying to make life hard on themselves. There's a big difference. Somebody who can respect the challenge because they just refuse to quit. They almost use it as a testing ground to push themselves against that barrier, to push themselves against that resistance, to see just how strong and how capable they truly are. These are typically the people that will work through an injury in their athletic life or their physical life. These are people that will typically grind through a financial setback or a career setback. These are people that typically have a, have a great attitude when they have a health crisis, if they ever do. And they're people that typically, when they have something really tragic happen, they're the ones that people turn to for strength. They're the ones that go, man, that person is a beacon of strength. I could never handle that kind of a situation. Those refusal to quit type of people are typically high performers. Now, does that mean that they're high performers in every aspect of their life? I would venture to guess probably yes. So when you're looking for either to bring a high performer onto your team or to be more of one, ask yourself, how high is your refusal to quit? Is it at its maximum? And realize that the refusal to quit is not just mental toughness because you still got to follow through. I've seen some of the strongest, most mentally tough people in the world crumble. When I was going through flight school is a great example. There was such a high washout rate. There are people that were just fundamentally chest-pounding, voracious about I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not a quitter. And then they were, they were the ones turning in their papers the next day. Why? Because they lack the other aspect to this, and that is the emotional resiliency. So the refusal to quit is one thing. Not being intimidated by challenges and setbacks, that's a whole other thing. And that is a deeper level than just being mentally tough and chest-poundingly, you know, having that chest-pounding bravado that says, I don't quit. You also have to have the emotional resilience to stick in the game. Now, the third way that high performers outperform, each, uh, outperform the, the competition is that they're lifelong learners. And I want to tell you that this is something that I've been reading a lot about lately. Uh, I was reading an interesting article by Ryan Holiday, who's the author of the great book, The Obstacle is the Way. And he just came out with a new book. I haven't read it yet called Ego is the Enemy. 
I intend to read that, and I'll get back to you as soon as I do. But he was talking about how Genghis Khan, of all people, <laughs> right, you wouldn't associate him with being a highly intelligent person, but literally he was uh, – the reason why he was such a prolific general and a military leader was because he was a lifelong learner. Now, how does this apply to business life? How does this apply to, to outperforming anybody else? The fact is there's an old axiom that they taught us in military leadership, know yourself and seek self-improvement. When you know yourself, you say to yourself, you know what, here's what my strengths are, and I'm going to continue to refine those strengths. That, to me, I think is one of the key aspects to high performance. One thing that I work with my clients on is to find out what those strengths are, and then let's focus on that. If they have weaknesses, let's find a way to either offload them, meaning outsource them to somebody else, have somebody else come in and do things for you, have the courage, and frankly, have, you know, put the ego aside and say, listen, this is not my wheelhouse, and I'll pay you, you know, gladly pay you to do this for me. Or if that's not possible for them, to figure out a way to either strengthen the weakness or not have to use it at all. What's interesting is we focus, so many people focus on their weakness. They go, oh, I'm so bad at numbers. I'm so bad at math. As opposed to going, you know, are you really that bad at it? I mean, what if you just worked at it a little bit? What if you worked at, you know, expanding your vocabulary? What if you worked at making better eye contact or being a better speaker or being whatever it is that you need to do to get to that next level in your business and your life? Lifelong learning is an aspect that I think is a little bit washed out in our society these days. And what's crazy about that, the most, <laughs> the most alarming part of that is that we've never had more access to not just information but knowledge and wisdom. Information is one thing. It's just the noise that's flowing around us. We've got more information than we need. You'll never, you'll never use all the information that's out there. That's why I call it the information age. Knowledge, on the other hand, is more refined. That's where somebody has taken it and they've put their kind of spin on it. But when you apply that knowledge, when you put it into action, that's when it becomes, becomes wisdom, right? Knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. And so when you know yourself, you seek self-improvement, you have a happiness that, that says, I, I want to grow. I want to take on more challenges because that's, how I, that's who I am. That's actually what fuels me. And so a lifelong learner is somebody who's never done who after they graduate and they get the diploma, they say, this is just the license to start really learning, to move to that next level, as opposed to I'm done, kick up my feet on the couch and be, and be good with it. So be a lifelong learner. The fourth way that uh, high performers outdo everybody else is that they're, ex they're exceptional team players. And I have to tell you, this right here is very, very rare, very rare. I know quite a few people who a lot of that, that get accolades based on their business. I work with entrepreneurs, and so I'll associate myself with very high-earning, high-potential type people. And what's shocking to me is how almost narcissistic those people are in terms of their success. It's all about them. They're terrible leaders. They can't possibly, you know, put a team together. And when they do put a team together, it's very superficial, meaning. The relationship is I'll be nice to you based on what you do for me. But if you don't do that for me or if there's a slip in your performance, you're fired, you're out of here, they move on to the next person. I see this all the time. But true high performers are exceptional team players. They're very selfless. They make it not about them. They don't scream and yell at people when they screw up. They accept the fact that, hey, that's, that's life. Even when, it's on, even when the game's on the line, even when they blow something serious, you'll see exceptional team players have a sense of, I guess, compassion. <laughs> you know, if nothing else, empathy when something goes wrong. 
you know, empathy towards the other person that, that screws up in the moment. And I think the reason for that is that they have this sort of tireless commitment to a team. They realize that there's no way this is moving forward without my team. And firing people, screaming at them, berating them, that's not, that's not how we build a team. That's how you churn and burn people through your life. So they're exceptional team players. And finally, one thing that's truly amazing to me about high performers is their dedication to their mission. Really, absolutely amazing. Willing to give their all. Willing to literally die for it. It's not about the reward for them. It's about the mission. And I talk about this all the time. The reason I say this is because I really want, if you're going to be a high performer in business and life, you have to get used to the fact that it's not about the reward. The rewards will come. Okay, you absolutely, the money rewards, the, the, you know, sort of social accolade reward, the personal fulfillment stuff, that all comes when you're connected to the mission. It's crazy how fast it comes to you and, and, and in, in how, much more high, how much more of a bigger scale it comes to you when we stop focusing on the reward and start focusing on the mission. Now, the mission is what you do and how you do it and why you do it and who you do it for. What, who, why, and how, right? What you do on a daily basis, if you truly love that, if you love getting up in the morning and working all day on that thing and doing that thing, that's the, then you're on your mission. If you have a strong why for doing that, it, and it's not about the money, you're, you love the impact you're making in the community, you love the impact you make on other people, you love the impact that you make on the world, that strong why is super important. The who you do it for, if you're connected to the who, if you say, man, I love my people, I love my clients, I love my team members, I love my family, I love people, but not from, you know, listen, it doesn't have to be a kumbaya type of love. It has to be a genuine, authentic love, right? You've got to genuine, genuinely love people that you serve, genuinely love people that you provide the service to and for. But at the end of the day, if you're saying to yourself, man, I'll tell you what, if this is all there is, I'm cool with that. But I want more. I want more. I want to do more of this. And, and I'm really grateful for what I have. That is a place where a person is really dedicated to their mission. If you love building your business, if you love building your team, if you love whatever the thing is you're building. You, listen, you don't even have to own a business. You could be working for somebody else. You could have a career that you're passionate about where you show up each and every day, and for you it's not about the paycheck. If that's you, guess what? That's a high-performance mentality. And so consider this. The five different ways that high performers outdo everybody else. Number one is they're highly intelligent, and it's not about an IQ test, people. My friends, it's about decisiveness. It's about problem solving. It's about out-of-the-box thinking, about creativity. It's about you know, constantly knowing that mentally your best asset is between the left and right eardrum. Number two is about the refusal to quit. And that specifically means not being intimidated by challenges or setbacks, having the emotional resilience to stick in even when the desire to quit is strong. Number three is about being a lifetime learner, a lifelong learner, knowing yourself and seeking self-improvement, but most importantly, having a true joy with growth, taking on new challenges, figuring out new ways to learn. Number four is being a team player. And again, this is so rare. So I say this because as rare as it is, if you can just develop being a great team player, being a great team leader, being a great team, what, you know, a, a member of a team, I promise you, you will set yourself apart very, very quickly. But it takes having empathy. It takes having abil an ability to communicate and understand other people. It's very important. And finally, being dedicated to your mission, willing to give everything you got every minute that you're in it. 
and feeling that, uh, that ultimate fulfillment, not from the reward, but from the mission itself. Those are the ways high performers outperform everybody else and how you can do the same today and every single day. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here each and every single Wednesday right here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Looking forward to doing it again soon. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com, download a complimentary copy of Flight Plan to Success, and remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you soon.